Alright guys, welcome back to episode 22 Operation Exercise. Again, been a while since I've done one of, one of those. Seems like it's kind of a reoccurring theme, but a lot has been going on uh, in the last couple of months. So yeah, been kind of busy. But we're back, we're ready to hit it, and we're back with a soccer football podcast, whatever you want to call it. And I'm joined today by actually my manager as well um, as a guy that used to play soccer himself. Currently coaches some soccer athletes as well, and it is Providence Tucker. Prov, say hello to our listeners. Hey, how's everybody doing? Thank you for allowing me to bless your ears. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> with some valuable information. Nah, man, uh, bu- buzzing to have you on, buzzing to have you on, and uh, kind of you share your experience. Uh, but f- let's dive straight into it, kind of, you know, give us the spiel, like what led you to where you are now, and kind of a little bit about your playing experience as well. Yeah, uh, so I grew up here close to where we're recording. Uh, right now, I know we've got listeners, Not uh, we don't have any video in here, but <laughs> I grew up close to here in St. Charles, uh, Missouri, and uh, you know my sport was soccer. Played all my life, that was like the big competitive thing. Uh, played high school, played collegiately, and uh, you know that's kind of led me into, I would say, the fitness industry. You know, when I was in college, I started taking my fitness pretty seriously, because it's all about staying on the field. You know, if you can't play, you can't win. And if you, for me, and hopefully a lot of others, if you can't win, then you're not having any fun. You know, so it was important to me to make sure I took care of myself so I could always play. Never in the training room, you know, for anything other than maybe like uh, you need an ice bath, Mm. you know, or or something like that. But uh, yeah, I started working in the gym before I graduated and the rest is history, you know. So started training pretty quickly uh, after working in that gym and even quicker found that I wanted to work with youth athletes. Mm. You know, that's the, that's the thing. Stuff wasn't that popular. I mean, I'm, I'm 31 now, I'll be 32 pretty soon. Uh, just 15, 16 years ago, people would not have access to what they have access to now, mm. you know, and that I can be a part of it and maybe change, you know, what the future could be uh, for even just a few people I'd be ecstatic to. So, yeah. No, it's great to hear, and it's kind of uh, interesting how you say, you know, there was kind of very little access to what we have access to, how you say, 15, 16 years ago. And then, um, I mean, I'm just going to kind of talk about the American side and kind of how it's set up here compared to the European side. But, you know, here I feel like the game, athleticism itself, has evolved so much towards the physical grounds rather Mm -hmm. than anything else. absolutely. And do you kind of feel that, you know, potentially it's like a reciprocal effect almost. Like, you know, the game evolves in this way and then it's like, well, okay, how can we kind of make sure that kids don't get hurt, uh, players don't get hurt by bringing all this new equipment, all new facilities and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. Well, there's there's a business of everything. Mm. You know, there's there's a huge investment that's made into improving these things. So I think you got to take a look at what the other pieces of the puzzle you know, then have to shape, you know, or form themselves into, you know, to, to really get what you want out of it. Mm. You know, you're always going to be missing a little bit if you only, let's say you put more money in, build more, let's say more fields to start more leagues and, and, you know, things like that. Well, you're going to have to somehow improve the, uh, the people that would use that, you know, right. If they want to get the most out of it. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like there's such a push at the moment. I think this is everywhere. It's like, all right, let's get kids playing, playing as much sport as possible. We've got all these new brand new fields. 
this. We want them practicing every single day. We yeah. want them playing three or four games a week, sometimes even tournaments and stuff like that. And then, I mean, I don't know about you, but like kind of growing up in England, if you play for one team, which is like Sunday or Saturday league, you know, you are lucky if you get two practice sessions of the, a week and max, max, you're going to play two games a week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're looking at probably that's going to equal to be eight hours tops that mm-hmm. you are playing for one club. Whereas here, I feel like it's so much more. And sometimes the kids are just not prepared for that at all. No, Ed, they, they aren't. That's the, that's the truth of it. Uh, I think I remember, I want to say towards the end of high school, you know, this is the most competitive uh, at, you know, at the club level that I was playing. I was on a field for sure probably six days a week. Yeah. Somehow, whether it be between games and the training sessions, I was without a doubt on the pitch at least six days. And then I guess this is kind of like a thing that I've kind of been battling my head recently. Um, I was kind of thinking like how the difference in schedules is set up, for example, because here, because how long is your average soccer season? Because it's kind of almost like split up into two halves almost, isn't it? There's like, Mm -hmm. because you get like a full slash summer one and then you get like a spring season, don't you? Yeah. Pretty, pretty much that's it. Well, it's, I would say you're looking at more of like a true spring and then your last half of summer Yeah, that would lead all the way through the fall till almost winter. Yeah, because then it kind of goes into, because obviously like in Europe, you know, you start playing, you'll start training beginning of July, middle of July, uh-huh. and then you will roll through until, depending on how many games get called off, stuff like that. Sometimes you'll be playing until the end of May. So realistically, mm-hmm. you only have a month and a half off. Yeah. So, I guess, I don't think I've spoken to kind of anyone about this, but kind of the detraining effect, mm. right? So here, for example, how I say, you know, you'll play four or five months, you'll have two or three months off during which your body gets completely deconditioned, mm-hmm. and then you get thrown back into it for like another three, four months, yeah. and then you come out of it again, and there's just this constant thing where, so, I guess where I'm trying to get to is like, you know, strength and conditioning isn't so big in Europe at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the pro teams have it, but like for example, what we do here at Trainology, like there's not is there's not really such a big demand for it. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's because of the scheduling? Because the kids that could be playing soccer, because you know they don't have that much time to get detrained. Yeah. Whereas yeah. here, the way the schedule's set up, you have two or three months where, let's be honest, unless your parents are pushing you into it. I mean, I went to college, and then some kids there in the off season, they wouldn't touch a weight, they wouldn't do anything yeah. until you uh-huh. get back into preseason. <laughs> yeah. And then you see those guys walking off, holding their hamstrings, like, oh, right. something's gone wrong here. Right, pulled up in the first week. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, we can always kind of go and blame the coach for starting too quick and stuff like that. But again, I think, do you think that could be why, you know, again, strength and conditioning is such a rise is because the schedule is starting to change the detraining effect that could be so big because of the mm-hmm. schedules and stuff like that. Do you think it's kind of edging towards there a little bit too? I do. I do think there, there's some of that because right now, you know, the thing, well, this is just kind of an American thing. Yeah. And, you know, if please confirm this, if this is thought, you know, in other parts of, of the world that everything here is about bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's athleticism. When you, it's all, always at athleticism. I, I see that, all throughout other sports and even at, well, you know, you got the Winter Olympics going on right now. So you think of even at at that level, there's a lot of our sports where athletically, I think we may put out, you know, some of the best product. Oh, 100%. When skill is a whole nother thing. Yeah. 
but I would say that that's kind of the thing. But the with having some some time off, then it's like, all right, what else is there? Yeah. Because you know, with with what you see in, in, in coaching, I mean, we we'll sit down, we'll write a program out, and uh, you know, you've got all of these different you know ideas as far as you know warm up, athletic prep, you know how you're how you're gonna lift if, if you are you know what's the conditioning side of it all all of that stuff and what do we have to do most often take things out yeah take things out because something so we, takes too long you can't do something you always, can't adjust something yeah. always always we're, we're going in and, that, and now it's a good thing that we have a lot to start with you mm. know but then it's i think it, the tough thing is choosing what is most important yeah right? what how do you actually make sure you hit the, the big rocks so yeah. you know with that idea of bigger, faster, stronger. Well, what else is there to do if there's downtime? Get in the gym. Yeah. You know because they're gonna come back. Let's oh so let's let's talk about American football for just a just a second. Mm. The thing in the combine, NFL combine, things like that. What are scouts looking for? They're looking at forty, you know, forty yard times. Yeah. They're looking at uh, a bench press number of repetitions. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a broad jump. Which I actually really like, but <laughs> you know the, that's that's what the idea is. There's a whole section of what the scouts are looking for that's based around athletic performance, yeah, so to speak. You know, so I think that's really what what lends to why the pers- that perspective is had here for sure. That makes sense. And I mean, you know, we always have like the the most basic thing. Like at the end, if you are stronger, you should be more injury resistant. Right. Right. So at the end yeah. of the day, like you would hope. Yeah. That's the big baseline that we try and base all of our training off. You know, you first introduce like making sure that you're moving safely and then it's like, well, all right, let's get you solid in those movements mm-hmm. before anything else. Um, so I guess when it comes to back to soccer, like, you know, we've obviously we've both played it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I guess what are the boxes that we're looking to tick when it comes to, let's say, the population that we're working with at the moment, say ages um 14 to 18 that's high school right or 13 to 18 yeah yeah Yeah. uh, 14 18 yeah yeah so what what are the boxes that we're looking to tick there when it comes to you know when it comes to prep in the weight room Uh uh-huh so i guess the the big thing uh because it's always like what you, you sit down and talk to somebody the idea of core strength comes up yeah you know and you know, the, the core is, is misunderstood, you know, but we're talking about basically what's in between your knees and your shoulders. Yeah. You know, and if we can build efficiency there, strength there, capacity there, then anything else as far as an extremity goes should be able to operate much, much better. Yeah. Way more optimally. Right. So I think that's a, that's a big box, mm-hmm. you know, co- core conditioning. Number two, uh, I think one that's inappropriately uh, trained for uh, sought after programmed and that's aerobic base yeah you know I think that there is a lot of training going on where um, just to, to to give some an example the two mile run straight <laughs> four, four mile runs eight mile runs like things like that and you see that across all sports yeah you know but then you look you look at, at our game Okay, you're gonna cover a lot of ground. Yeah. But how much of that time are you moving at the exact same pace? Oh yeah. 
you're not. You're never. You know, I mean, there's times you're walking, times you're, you know, you're standing. You know, you might be shuffling left and right. There's times where you might spin in a full sprint. You're moving backwards. There's all these different ways that you're moving. Mm. So why would we run just straight forward? Yeah. You know, why would we train in that direction? So, you know, that's that's a, the second one, aerobic base. Um, number three, the ability to be powerful. Mm-hmm. And why we say that is because if there's a max effort, you know, anything, let's say a sprint, right? Usually when we see injuries during a sprint, it's not too long after the sprint has been initiated. Yeah. Right? So the ability to go from zero to a hundred in a number of different ways, whether it be through jumping, sprinting, you know, changing direction. I mean, if you want to look at shooting a ball, trying to make, you know, solid contact, you're going to, you know, put some power on something. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you don't blow apart as soon as you try to turn yeah. that gas on. So I think that's, that's another one. Uh, and then you'd, another one I think is missed, uh, I, this is kind of general, but uh, just flexibility and extensibility. You know, I would, I would include mobility yeah. into, into that piece too, uh, because that's going to be another piece of that injury prevention. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure the ankles are, are supple. You know, making sure the hips have all the range that they have, even your shoulders. You're going to use your shoulders, you know, as you're doing anything athletically, but especially in this game. So I think those would be like my four probably big ones. Yeah, no, and that's quality. And I mean, I like how you brought kind of the injuries in because that's kind of something that I wanted to touch on. Yeah. I feel like as the game progresses, and I mean, obviously more people are getting involved in it, but even at the top level, we're seeing more and more soft tissue injuries. Yeah. As well as more and more ACL injuries, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think in the past five years, I've probably heard of more top, top level players getting ACLs torn yeah. compared to before. Right. And then also, you know, hamstring pulls, like, for example, Aiden Hazard, right? Yeah. Went, went to Real uh-huh. Madrid. Yeah. He was, I think, while he was at Chelsea, I think it was something like he was out for 200 days total or something yeah. like that with an injury. It's a long he time. goes there, soft tissue injury, soft tissue injury, soft yeah. tissue injury. So, do you think... When it kind of comes down to it, uh, obviously, I guess the change in surface, a lot of teams are slowly f- switching to artificial, yeah. be it for training, be it for games and stuff like that. Do you think that's having an impact on that type of stuff? I think, well, I think it has to. It has to. You know, if your conditions are that of what you, what you train on. So, you know, our, at our high school, one of the fields that we had was just horrendous like <laughs> i mean we're talking the field was was on a slant i mean where i don't know the grade anton seriously it might have been a good like 15 degrees love it something love it. like that is that when like if you're a goalkeeper and you stand like at one end the goal oh, yeah, is actually the goal taller is actually than the other yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, i love those, love those so fields. and then if you're at that corner mm. let's say that you know you're practicing set pieces yeah. you're actually kicking a ball uphill <laughs> From you know from from that side, it's it changes things completely. But all across it, huge divots. Yeah. You know, just this was not a training ground. Mm-hmm. This was just like a field. Yeah, with some spray paint. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah just for, for you, you take your dog for a walk you know? there, maybe throw some shot puts. And there was a guy that I ended up captaining our senior, you know, our senior year on our varsity team with. I remember he rolled his ankle. This is had to have been when we were freshmen, yeah, or sophomores, and. So we're, he's actually a little bit older than I am. He still has issues with that ankle today. Oh, damn. This has been a long time. Yeah. You know, so you have to, to take that into account. Think, if you have a, a surface that's perfectly level yeah. and supple, 
watered appropriately, all of that, okay, you're probably going to be able to do anything across that with minimal, uh, how do you want to say, uh, inhibitions. Yeah. You know, you're not thinking in your mind about tripping on something. Yeah. Right? Now, when you have turf where, let's say, the, the give might not be the same, you know, or there are snags in it. You know, I've seen that. There's, you know, literally where these layers are stacked next to each other. Yeah. You know, there becomes some separation thing. If you get a stud caught in that, mm-hmm. that could be it. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, right I'm, I'm sitting over here with a tournament with post-ACL yes, surgery, probably yeah. the exact same thing. Like, you know, I wouldn't, yeah. I think, I look back to it and I'm like, if I was in the grass field, the way it happened would never have happened. Right. Your foot gets stuck and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, I think the other piece of that too is, uh, you know, I mentioned kind of the, the, the suppleness, you know, what's the, the firmness, Yeah. you know, that's, that's there. So when we train in the gym, we try to do things off of, I mean, a pretty rigid, you know, mm-hmm. surface. Now, if you're not used to that, as soon as you go to it, you know, let's take the tripping on turf, you know, out of it, jump, land, cut, you know, left and right, all these, these kinds of things. If you're not properly prepared you could be stronger but let's say that you aren't i think you're just wide open for something that could happen yeah right yeah i think and honestly i think that applies to a lot of things because like you were talking about like you know getting stronger and how sometimes you know when you pull up a hammy whenever you're sprinting and stuff stuff like that kind of going back to those soft tissue injuries because you know i see so much of you know guys just want to go in the gym and lift heavy yeah and then they're surprised why that doesn't transfer to uh to in game mm-hmm. it's like well if you're not going to train fast how are you supposed to get fast mm-hmm. and you see all these guys that have been for example like the football combines that we're talking about mm-hmm. like how many guys get injured there because you know they'll go from lifting heavy to where their tendons are strong as anything but their muscles aren't ready for that rapid force production yeah so they go into it, the tendons great it pulls in the muscle but the muscle goes uh-uh. right Absolutely and, and then pop pop goes the tear mm-hmm. So, like, how important is it for us as coaches as well to make sure that, okay, we get our athletes strong, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we'll make sure that they can utilize that strength yeah. in a fast and appropriate manner to where, how you say, now is going to be specific to their sport. Mm-hmm. Even though we may not be practicing movements like they're in a sport, but it's that fast movement to where those soft tissue injuries aren't going to happen anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think first step for us you know, as coaches is that should be our priority Mm. is preventing injury. Yeah. Because I think if we do the things we need to there, some of which you mentioned, like thinking about proper core conditioning, if we can set the firm and of course, once again, we've got listeners, not viewers, but I've got my, (laughs) I've got my hand at the top of a pyramid as in it's most important. Actually, my hand should be at the bottom of the pyramid Mm -hmm. where that is your first step. Yeah. Because if we set that foundation properly, now anything we put on top of it can just be, uh, I should say, the results uh, will be exponential. Yeah. You know, exponential growth compared to if we did not have that piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if we start there, stack on top, you know, that's, that, that's, that's first step. Um, but then after that, we have to make sure that we do get strong. Yeah, I think that's a big piece that a lot of coaches end up missing too because maybe we're afraid of hurting somebody people don't get hurt in the gym Yeah, we never see that you know I shouldn't say we never see that 
disclaimer. You get, you get the occasional <laughs> dumbbell gets dropped disclaimer. on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, should, we, we see it sometimes, but generally, it's not during a lift. Yeah. You know, training is the only opportunity you have to make something perfect mm. when it comes to athletics. So we attempt to do that. Injury prevention first, proper core. Do we have that ankle mobility? Do we have that hip mobility? Do we have stability between them at the knee? All of those are good. Now we can go and start squatting, split squatting, you know, whatever other type of things. But that also carries over to, you know, something we've had conversations about recently with like sprint technique. Yeah. Right. You need all of those things. You need those things to lift. You need those things to be able to sprint. Yeah. Because how, how many injuries can we just get away with from by just using proper technique? Oh my gosh. Like, you know. All hamstring injuries just go out, just go out completely out the yeah, window if you, you sprint properly. You mitigate so much if you have the mechanics. Yeah. Right. So I mean, once again, start there at the bottom. Injury prevention, proper core. Then you can start to add some strength, and then we can start to look at you know plyometrics, max you know effort things mm-hmm. like you know as as we go along. Yeah. And then, I guess like. You're basically talking more or less about like a perfect block periodization. Right? Yeah. You, you yeah. set yourself a base and you just slowly yeah. work your way up to where you go completely sport Absolutely. specific, yeah. making sure that you're keeping guys fit, healthy and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's in the perfect world, right? We'll look at D1 colleges, we'll look at pro teams and stuff like that. You know, they've got all the time in the world with their athletes. You know, you're Very controlled situation. Yeah, you yeah. get the buy-in, you know they're going to come in, you, you're going to get the whole team unless somebody's out injured or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll take it into more of a private sector which is what we're in yeah right and yeah. attendance is all over the place whoever comes in is all over the place mm-hmm. it's just blown completely out the water yeah so how do we make sure that we stay good at our job in a private sector whenever we are trying to make sure that we do kind of work in that step by step because how you say you know at the end of the day if you don't build a good base yeah up here at the top of the pyramid again obviously we're not on video but yeah mm-hmm. at the top of the pyramid you know, first of all, you're not going to be able to build the pyramid up that high. Yeah. And second of all, it can just topple so easily Absolutely. if you progress through it too quickly. You don't give the people enough base and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. for you, for example, how, how do you put it all together? Like you look at it and go, okay, how are we going to progress these kids? Even though I might see this one team two times a week, and I see this other team once every four weeks if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> great question. And I feel like I have to come up with something new for this specific thing every single time because it's always different, you know, and with, if you can, actually scratch that. This is what you, you know, what we need to do on, on our end. Start with the end in mind. Think of where, where are we attempting to impact? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is the, the end result and work backwards from there because it, there is always going to be the issue of attendance or like with what a lot of our kids, you know, are deal with. I shouldn't say deal with as, as in a negative way, but there's just a lot that's required of them. Yeah. Especially, let's say, scholastically, honor students taking AP courses, all this kinds of stuff, National Junior Honor Society. Like, we've got a lot of bright kids that show up. Mm-hmm. Now, how much time it needs to be devoted to that, actually being in school, the sport practices, let's say they take, we aren't even, we, we aren't even on the table yet. Yeah. We even, we haven't gotten to coming to the gym. You know, if they've got school, uh, three hours of homework every night, team practice for two hours, that's a full day, right? So 
we want, yes, every kid to be here three times a week, able to, you know, and, and showing up focused, you know, ready, shoes tied, you know, that, that kind of Shoes on, let's start, shoes, let's, yeah, let's, let's, on. let's start the let's start the pace. You know, we want these kids, you know, lined up, ready to get the job done, but we're just not at that spot on the totem pole, mm. realistically, you know. So then coming back to what we mentioned before, what are the what are the big rocks, right? Make sure you get that done every single time you train, right? Every single time you train. And even though it may be once every, you know, couple weeks, twice a week, one week, then, you know, you don't you don't see them for a week, then they're back for 3 and then you don't see them for a whole month, whatever whatever it might be, continue to hit those big rocks somehow. Yeah. Because patterns are patterns, right? If we can expose athletes to patterns enough times through repetition, what's the idea of uh, 10,000 hours, you know, become an expert? Mm -hmm. If we can continue to hit the same things over and over and over, we'll be all right. Yeah. We'll be all right. Kids don't develop linearly, excuse me, anyways. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as long as we make sure that kids are safe, and provide the smart solution, you know, for their strength training, speed, power, all of that. Uh, then, then we'll be we'll be just fine. Yeah, because I mean, especially I mean, we're, we're talk about obviously we're talking about kids here, and I, I'm gonna kind of jump ship a little bit to college straight away. Yeah. But you know, you kind of spoke about kind of, you know, how much the kids have, like, you know, scholastically, the, their own team practice, the homework and stuff like that. And it builds up on them. And I mean, we remember when we were kids, right? Yeah. Our, our body could, you could fall off a roof, yep. get back up, yep. run three miles, come home, go practice, and then you'll feel completely fine, mm-hmm. right? You hit that age of 20. Yeah. And your body just goes, nah. Yeah, things change. So kind of going into college, you know, for for those guys, because I mean, at the end of the day, like the the people that listen to this podcast, I feel like it's probably going to be collegiate athletes, so you yeah. know the ones that are trying to break through and stuff like that. Sure. Um, it's so I found this for myself. It is so hard to be able to wake up, go to class. First of all, sleep eight hours. Gosh. Oh first gosh. of all, sleep eight hours. <laughs> Second of all, wake up and actually have breakfast. Go to class. Yeah. Go practice. Go lift weights go work, go do homework, do whatever, and then kind of carry on with that. Mm-hmm. So do you think what we do here with the kids right now mm-hmm. prepares them and at least educates them a little bit yeah. for what is going to come ahead yeah. for when they get to college, when they get to potentially wanting to break through absolutely. to grow and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just got a message uh, just a moment ago from you know one of our youth athletes this is a an eighth grader mm-hmm. uh who worked out with us all off season um done great things in here and uh not that every you know athlete is this is what we what we want from but uh they asked for some weights to have at home yeah so they could train <laughs> you know like and that was i thought that was the coolest thing yeah. that this athlete thought enough of what he learned here because mm-hmm. he wasn't doing anything before he started with us. Yeah. I was an athletic kid, great, great athlete, but gained some ownership because he was here. Like, yeah. I think that what we do here sets 
athletes up for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when, so my when I came into my freshman season, you know, collegiately, it was expected that you were lifting weights. Yeah. But the reality of it was there were maybe a handful of guys oh, yeah. across uh, across varsity and junior varsity that did anything in the weight room. Mm-hmm. You know, we show up and you've got fitness testing. First day out, right? Yeah. And you only see a couple guys actually able to, to, to complete. It was because of what I did years prior that built that discipline yeah. to where I was like, you know what, I'm going to show up there first day, do what I got to do. You know, so I think we, even though just the small doses that we, you know, that we give athletes here, absolutely, there's a, there's a compounding effect, yeah. you know, to it. You know, we, we want there to be confidence, you know, things that transfer over to the game, games, whatever, whatever sport you may be, but definitely with respect to, to football, you know, soccer, there needs to be confidence there. Yeah. You know, and I think this is one of the greatest ways that you can get it. Learn about your body. Yeah. Understand how to improve it so that you can go do what you need to do. Yeah. I think, and I kind of want to get your opinion on this as well. Um, I think I've always kind of seen that, like, you know, the weight room is really, really important because of kind of what we spoke about. It's It sets you up, especially if you do it right. Yeah. It can help you, you know, if you've got good coaches, you're going to end up going, like, training sports specific. You're going to learn all these different types of movements. You're going to increase... Sprint speed, everything, recovery rate, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, I think for me, which is really hard to get across to people here, I found that at the end of the day, if you want to be good at your sport, you got to play your sport. Yeah. You can't focus on the numbers on the bar. No. You can't, no. Focus, you can't focus on the numbers on the stopwatch. Yep. Nothing like that. Because even how you were saying the fitness tests. It really, really pains me to say with how many players I've played with that will run the fitness test, yeah. they will not finish, they will be puking halfway through it, come first game of the season, they are running the show. Yep. And I've seen it firsthand. Like I say, I've seen it firsthand. It, it pains me to say it so, so badly because yeah. you know, I'm all for hard work and uh-huh. stuff like that. I love it. And, you know, kind of seeing those guys that don't really care too much about it, but at the end of the day, they come on, they play, and they run the show. Yep. So I think I've seen a lot of kids, a lot of college players as well, get lost in the numbers on the bar. Yeah. To where, like, kind of how we're saying, you know, they, okay, you lift heavy. Mm-hmm. That don't mean you're going to run faster. Nope. That don't mean you're going to nope. kick the ball harder. Nope. That that probably is not even going to mean that you're going to out-muscle the guy that's two it inches doesn't. shorter than you and weighs 30 pounds lighter. It doesn't. Um, would you kind of go along with that? Absolutely. I, I, I agree because, like I said, I've, I've seen it. You know, the speaking of that, coming into freshman season, the guys that didn't complete, several of them, they were, are without a doubt, best players yeah. on, that, on that squad. I mean, amazing things, you know, that I saw these guys do. But, you know, they were out of shape. But when it came time, time to play, I mean, but I think there's, that's where the, the other part of this, and this is, Maybe we can have a conversation about this on another episode. <laughs> you know, with how the game is taught here yeah. versus in other parts of the of the world, because these guys I'm speaking of are not Americans. Yeah, you know these these are guys from various places, um, but I think the lack of you know gaining true IQ, you know, understanding mm-hmm. the game, 
you know, I think if you have that, then ultimately you can win out. Yeah. Because, you know, this is not a game of strength and power. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 everything's it's not. about the brain. It's not. You have to be really smart. You know, I, I uh, kind of liken it to, to chess. Yeah. Even. You have to be very intelligent about the moves that you make um, because you can't win without the ball. Oh, yeah. Right? It's funny that you say that. I, I don't know if he'll be listening to this. One of one of my friends, this was between the ages of like 12 and 18, I used to play with this guy. Uh-huh. And he was really, really frustratingly good at chess. Really frustratingly oh, yeah? good. And he was the center back on my team. Tactically and positionally, one of the best guys out there. Yeah. Yeah, he'll get nutmegged. Yeah, he'll get outpaced sure. and stuff like that. But if you actually like smart wise, like always in the right position, mm-hmm. always knew where to be, where to play the ball, how to yeah. outmuscle somebody, how I was saying, you know, that might be faster, that might be taller, that might be heavy and stuff like that, always there. So yeah, you linking it to chess, I think that's probably mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, Because totally. there's, yeah, there's so much intelligence. And I saw a stat actually somewhere that said it compared the European game to um, the American game. Well, they took the uh, top five European leagues, which is your Spanish, your English, Italian, French, and I think they counted the Portuguese one. Uh-huh. And they said, so in the last 10 years, the distance covered by your average player has gone down, but the amount of sprints they make has gone miles gone up. up. Yeah. Compared to the American one, where everything's gone up. Everyone's gone, everything is up. Everything's gone up. Everything's up. Distance Sounds, like America. Distance, <laughs> Sounds like America. Sounds like America. You know, everyone's always chasing those high numbers. Yeah, so there's everything's your high numbers. up right now. Um, yeah, so distance covered has gone up, number of sprints has gone up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of seeing there, you kind of go, that must mean something. Yeah. Right? The game's progressing to where your fullbacks are going up and down, up and down, up and down. Your midfielders are going to sprint there, there and back. Your forwards are making sprints all day long, making yeah. those clever runs and stuff like that. But between there, they don't really need to go anywhere because they know exactly where to be. Yeah. Whereas compared to kind of how you say here, everybody has to put in that extra little bit of kind of that annoying middle mm-hmm. middle ground running like you know your two mile three mile pace yeah which is you know how kind of speaking like those tests that somebody does it's like you're not really going to run at that pace but no. sometimes no. sometimes you are if you don't know where to be mm-hmm. it's only going to tie you out even more yeah so that's an interesting stat i i didn't i did not know that yeah but i believe it though i mean when i would say if i let's say that i'm watching champions league yeah. or something like that you know if i'm watching quality I would definitely say that that's probably what, I, what I'm seeing, mm. you know, I, without a doubt. Yeah. And I think that's where, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, the prep that we do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the amount of sprint, sprints has gone up. So those soft tissue injuries, yeah. you know, that, that those become more prevalent because mm-hmm. uh, we can see right there. You sprint more, you're more likely to pull, pull your hamstring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if your body isn't ready for it, yeah. like, you know, there it is. But yeah, kind of how you say setting up that base. I think is really, really important and having the knowledge of how to do it, yeah. I feel like is even bigger because like, I mean, we're talking like Missouri Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. How Sean was saying, like, they don't have a, co- they don't have a strength coach at the uh-huh. moment. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how are you going to, after a six months off season, yeah. how are you going to prep for your season coming up where baseball, for example, mm-hmm. right? You are going all out 60 yard sprint right there. Yep. How are you going to prep for that if yeah. you have not done it? You try sprint sixty yards after not training for thirty for mm-hmm. three months. You're going to pull something. Yeah, S- absolutely. Something's going there. It should be expected. Yeah, I think that's that's the the thing. Well, there's always 
a risk for injury when it comes to sports. Yeah. No matter what sport you play. Oh, yeah. But if there's an, like a crucial part of the game, <laughs> you know, let's keep it at, at baseball. You know, let's say you, you're at bat, you make contact, you've got to sprint yeah. to first, right? If you know that that's what the objective is, why not properly set yourself up to yeah. do it? You know, that's, that's what you're saying. I think you absolutely have to. And I think that for a coach, not, not like a, a coach like us, you know, the, the actual baseball coach, mm-hmm. coaches, for that not to be something that's held in high regard, I think is a miss. Yeah. Quite honestly. But, it, but we see this across all other sports. Yeah. I had coaches at the collegiate level, you know, for soccer that were not big themselves on making sure everybody was in the gym. You know, and like that's that's okay. You know, from maybe from a, a personal standpoint, but I mentioned it earlier. There's a business of everything. The goal is to go win. Yeah. So if these other programs are doing it, why 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 don't why don't you do it? You yeah. Know, it's be, it's becoming a bit of the standard. Now, just because it's the standard doesn't mean that it's always been being done properly, but I think it says something. Yeah. And so then you just go and try to find the right way to do it. Yeah. There's people out there doing it, you know. Oh and yeah. Kudos, hats tipped to those who were, you know, really really making those those strides. Yeah, no, that's that's what I mean. How you say it? it's like building a base and just working slowly up the base, especially if you have the time. I see, yeah. especially yeah. like in college, I see so much time wasted. So much time wasted, yep. like for. You know, kind of how we're saying, off season is so long for so many of these sports. Yeah, and it's just, it just gets lost in yeah APRE ten mm-hmm. in five three ones. Yeah, for, for running running the same program for it does for six weeks, eight mm-hmm. weeks, twelve weeks, whatever yeah. it is, and then you go out and do this. You know, why not use that time to perfect the abilities that yeah. mm-hmm. kind of how you say like okay, some some kids come in and they move horrendously. Yeah. You're not going to change how they move during season. Nope. Why not? Why not try and do it off season? Yep. Why? Why not get that skinny guy bigger just and do it properly because it's only going to help him. Mm-hmm. Why not work on that sprinting mechanic, yeah. jumping mechanic because it's only going to help. Obviously, like I say, obviously you're probably going to kill the player if you try to do it in season because you're just going to mess with their nervous system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, you know, if if I can speak to that, it's really tough to sell ugly and hard work true you know it just at the end of the day we want things just in an expedited you know kind of amazon prime yeah get it to me two days yes yeah. you know that's the way we look at, at this stuff it's like it's got to show up tomorrow like well think about it we've played this game all our lives mm-hmm. you know you put a lot i mean covered a lot of ground a lot of mileage yeah you know that that, that you that you put down Think of all of the time that you didn't take your recovery seriously. You know, that how many you weeks let, you've added on? Yeah, to like how, back. how how much more? You know, could could there be? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's something that's got to be, you know, really really considered. You yeah, know, with with all that too. True. Yeah, no, I think I think that all kind of sums it up properly. You know, like especially like here, I feel like you know your athletic career is so short lived. Yeah. 
Like, you know, some people get to the age of 21, 22, 23, whenever they graduate college, mm-hmm. and you're done. Yeah. So you look back at it, all right, the most you've probably played your sport is 15 years. Yeah. 15 years of sport, and then you're done. You've got a desk job, you've got whatever. Sure. Right? So, I mean, it's hard to say, but for those 15 years, like, why not make the most out of it? Look after your body as much as possible. Yeah. Because who knows? Maybe if your body is actually enjoying what you're doing, you may not be done after the age of 21, 22, 23. You know who's a great example of this, though? Go on. Who a lot of these kids that come through our through our place, you know, and, and around the world look up to, look at a Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, my man's 37. Well, I mean, in, he's got a ton left. Yeah. Like, you know, you can say what you want, but look at the guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it just really speaks to what, what's there if you decide to take care of yourself. Yeah. Now, you know, our goal is not to create, you know, uh, an obsession, a neuroticism, like with, you know, how you, how you eat or, you know, how you train and things like that. Like I want kids to be kids. I wish some of these, some of these young kids that we saw, you know, would just get on their bike, go ride to their friend's house, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like just be kids. Yeah. You know, I, I for sure want, want, want that for all of them, but let's say, high school looking to make that get to that next level yeah you know think think about it. there's this is the third time there's a business of everything there's an investment you know let's say you're trying to get into that that collegiate that collegiate level mm-hmm. right do everything you can to firm up that opportunity and get the most out of it you could go further right and then have a great career yeah you know but how many athletes are taken out because of Injury, non-contact injury. Yeah, you know? just just because of stupid stuff, isn't it? A yeah. lot of the time, sometimes it's even like you know you you sleep for four hours. Yeah, you get out. Mm-hmm. You you know your body's not prepared for what no. you're about to put it through. No, you know it's not. You get hurt warming up. Yeah, and you look and you look at and you look at the reason. Okay, so why'd you sleep for four hours? Out partying, playing Fortnite. Big one. Playing FIFA, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hand up for that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that. You know? um, and you know, there's, there's plenty of other stupid stuff, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of amasses that all. And it's like, why not take it away for at least a little bit when you know you have to? Yeah, and stuff like that, just to kind mm-hmm. of look after yourself a little bit more. And De- it, delayed it gratification. Not. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna do a little bit of what I need to right now, just discipline. Yeah. So that that way I can have way more later. Well, because the, the well here's the the fact of the matter: the fun stuff ain't going anywhere. Yeah. But you said just a little bit ago, your career athletically is short. Yeah. Very short. You know, you only got a little bit of time. So, as you mentioned, make the most of it. Yeah. No, exactly. I, th- I think that's a kind of great point to uh, wrap this up with. Yeah. I think I think there was Absolutely. a lot that came out of there that uh, hopefully made sense to our listeners and stuff like that. So I think that was definitely a great chat. Uh, before we sign off, Prov, just anything that you would like to say, kind of maybe to again wrap up what we've been talking about for the last uh, forty minutes or so, yeah, um, or anything like that to just kind of you know maybe point our listeners in the right direction. Be be they in middle school, high school, college, yeah. trying to make it pro, whatever it is. Um, any wise words? Um, you need to to seek 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 the knowledge. You know, if you don't have a strength coach, find one. If you're an athlete, it doesn't matter what level. You might be competitive, not so competitive, it doesn't matter. 
if you are going to be doing anything, you know, athletically, find somebody because you want to get the most out of it. Mm. You know, it's only fun if you play. <laughs> so if there's something that you can do to make sure that you play more, uh, why not? Why not do it? So, yeah, seek somebody out. Perfect. Yeah. It's all about networking. It's all about who's going to yeah. be there to help you. Yeah. All right. Perfect, man. Well, again, thanks so much for coming on. Um, guys, if you're listening and you'd like to chat more to Providence about what he does, uh, potentially ask him for help, questions and stuff like that, get in touch with me. Uh, he's on Instagram and stuff like that. I'll put um, a link to his account on this. But yeah, any questions about what we've spoken to, feel free to reach out and uh, we'll see you next time for an episode that's hopefully not going to be in two months time. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>